0: all right good morning everybody how you doing today everybody good hey let's thank the Lord one more time for a great time of worshiping him together all right so I'm gonna tell you a story that actually happened uh, to me uh, but it was a long time ago okay it was many years ago It was back when I was in my goofy stage of life probably around middle school ish uh, when the frontal lobe is not fully formed yet you understand know and uh, our families would often go we had several groups of families that we went to church with and we would go to uh, we'd go to uh Sunday morning service and we'd go to get this Sunday night service Ooh, ah right and then after that usually we would go over to one of these friends houses and the kids would go into one room and watch TV or play games or something, and the adults would drink coffee, eat dessert. I'm not, I guess I'm on that side of the fence now, but that's what we would do. And so I remember this one time we went over to our friend's house and all the kids were playing around. It was kind of a media room, even though they didn't have media rooms back then, but it was a separate room and it had a kind of a lower ceiling uh, in that room. And we were all kind of hanging out, laying around. And I, I said, I bet you I could touch that ceiling with my elbow. Now, remember, I'm saying my frontal lobe is not fully deformed yet, Right. Uh, that's kind of a goofy thing to say but they were like oh I don't think yeah I think I can do it oh I don't think I can do it yeah I think I can do it and so I I I decided to prove that I had the prowess right and the strength to do so I I launched my body into the air and I stuck out my elbow as far as I could stick it out and sure enough I touched the ceiling with my elbow so much so I left a hole in it about that big Yeah, so I was like, whoa, I was kind of shocked, you know, I didn't realize that uh, that that would happen, everybody else saw it, they are like, oh, you know, and I was like, "Oh, nobody say anything, and maybe they'll just not notice this massive hole in the ceiling of their house, and uh, so anyway, we kind of left, and uh, I didn't say anything to anybody, and we got home, and uh phone call came my dad was talking to the the friend that owns the house we just came from oh really hmm, yeah well Craig's right here you want to talk to him uh Mr. so wants to talk to you I'm like oh okay great so he get, I get on the phone yes sir and he said uh Craig I, I uh kind of noticed that there's a hole in my ceiling uh where you guys were playing do you know anything about that and I said um uh no sir I, I don't know I don't know anything about that. And he's he's a lawyer, but he was a gracious man and a godly man, so he gave me a second chance. He said, you mean to tell me that you don't know anything about how this hole came about in my sinning? No, sir, I have no idea. And uh, he said, okay. He hung up the phone. Last time I was over there, it was patched up. Uh, he never said another word about, I mean, I've, I've seen this man multiple times now over the decades. He is still to this day, never said anything to me about it, but you know what? I still think about it. And you know why? Because in that moment, I had the opportunity, I had the choice to either tell the truth or to tell a lie. And I chose to tell a lie, a bald face. I mean, there were multiple witnesses. I was no way I was getting out of this deal, all right? Everyone saw it, but I made that choice. Now, I want you to make me feel a little bit better about, about this, all right? So, this is audience participation time. How many of you have ever told a lie to anybody in your whole life? Raise up your hand, all right? Hey, man, look at all those liars. <laughs> liars. Bunch of liars in here. He said, well, Craig, I don't lie. I, I mean, I just, you know, I, I, I did a little white lie. You know, I maybe fudge the truth a little bit. I put my own spin on it, leave out certain facts, you know, but I don't really lie, right? I'm not a liar, but, but the truth of the matter is we really do lie a lot. We lie more than you think we lie. Hey, are, are you on your way? You know, it's time for you to be here. Yeah, I'm on my way. And you haven't even gotten in the car yet, right? Or, uh, hey, you, did you get that project done for, for work or for school? Oh, yeah, I got it, got it done. When you haven't, you are, do not have it done. You may have worked on it, but it's not finished yet. And you're hoping, yeah, I'm going to have it done is what you mean. But you didn't say that. You said you had it done. Or do you know, uh, you know old so-and-so, right? You remember old so-and-so? Yeah, I remember so-and-so. Well, you have no idea who that person is. We, we lie a lot. And we, in fact, we lie so much, we don't realize we're lying. We just think we're just kind of, you know, navigating through the conversation. But we lie a lot. We lie to cover for other people. We lie to cover for ourselves. We lie to, to, to not get caught doing something wrong. We lie to project an image that we want or to make sure that we don't look silly or stupid or like we not, don't have it together. So we lie all the time. In fact, I was reading an article this week and it talked about how often we lie. And these are some things that we learned. By the four years old, a child will learn to lie. By four years old. Now you say, not my precious little baby. Yeah, your precious little child, four years old, can understand to tell a lie. It went on to say there was a study in 2002 or 2002 about um, uh, adults and how often they lie. And they said that 60% of adults, get this, 60% of adults, when they meet someone new for the first time, will tell at least one lie in the first 10 minutes. 60% of adults will tell a lie within the first 10 minutes of meeting a person they also said that about 40 percent of people will lie on their resume and here's a big shocker if you are on an online dating platform 90 percent of people lie on their profile no way shock right women tend to lie about their weight, men tend to lie about their income. That is just how we lie so much. And so uh, what does God think about all this lying going on? What does he think about that? Well, let me just read you a a short little verse here. This is in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. Listen to this. It says, the Lord hates six things. In fact, seven are detestable to him. Arrogant eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots wicked schemes, feet eager to run to evil, a lying witness who gives false testimony and one who stirs up trouble among brothers. He said there are seven things God hates, God despises, God can't stand. It turns God's stomach. Of the seven, two of them are related to lying. Is that surprising to you? Two of them are related to lying. So why is lying such a big deal to God? And and how can we really acknowledge the fact that we struggle with telling the truth? And how can we get to a place of truth-telling? That's what I want to talk about today, all right? So I want you to get your Bibles out, and let's go to God's Word. This is where we find answers in God's Word. So open up your Bible to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, this is where we're going to land today. We're going to start at verse 17. Ephesians 4 17. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the rack in front of you. We'll put the page number up on the screen. Ephesians 4 17, and then we're going to drop down to verse 20 and read through uh, 25. This is the word of God. Ephesians 4 17. Therefore, I say this and testify in the Lord that you should no longer live as the Gentiles live in the futility of their thoughts. Now drop down to verse 20. But that is not how you came to know Christ. Assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, to take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor because we are members of one another. Now the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and he's talking to them about, these are new believers, they've come out of a very pagan background, very pagan dark culture, and he's basically saying this, that because now you're a follower of Jesus, you should no longer live like you used to live. Right? You, there should be a difference between how you used to live to the new way of life that you have now in Jesus. And one of the distinctives of this new way of living is this, that you no longer are lying, but you're living in truth. You're speaking the truth uh, to one another. Let me just kind of give you a statement today that uh, I'm going to kind of build the rest of our time around, and I want it to stick in your mind. This is what you're supposed to talk about over lunch. Are you ready? Here it is. If you tell lies, you will end up living a lie. But if you tell the truth, then you'll end up living in truth. If you tell lies, you'll end up living a lie. But if you tell the truth, you end up living in truth. Now, just think about that for just a minute. Let's look at the first part. If you tell lies, you'll end up living a lie. Jesus warns us over and over about the, uh, about the damage that lying does not just to the people around, him, but to your own soul, that there's this damage that happens and there's, there's really a spiritual battle wrapped around lying. In fact, he talks about Satan. He's, he's actually talking to Pharisees, these religious leaders and are pretenders and this is what he says, this very harsh statement. He says in John 8, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. He's saying, hey, when when the devil speaks, he speaks out of his own nature. That it's like lying is his language. In fact, the NIV version puts it this way. When he speaks a lie, he speaks his native language. Lying is the language of the devil it's the it's the mother tongue of the devil and, and and think about it i think this is why god hates lying so much because it's the devil's language I was just in New York this last week. We did uh, two days of training for church planters, one up in the northern part of New York, the second one on the southern part uh, of New York, New Jersey uh, area. Uh, we had church planters that came in. We trained them on disciple-making, what does it mean to to have a church that makes disciples and make disciples. They had a great time. We went scouting out some different areas to possibly uh, do a church plant there because they need more bible-centered churches there and uh, and i went with chad vandenberg now some of you know chad chad's on our staff he's our missions uh pastor and chad grew up in west africa speaking french all right then he went to paris in high school and not paris texas paris the the other other one and uh and they speak French there too. So he, he's, and then he lived in Montreal for several years speaking French. So he loves to speak French. So here we are in New York City together, and he spotted this French little bistro, and he got so excited. We're going to go over there, and I'm going to speak French to this person. And so we, we sure enough, we get up the next morning, we go down a couple blocks, over a couple blocks, we get up. I mean, he's like the first one in the door. I mean, he is so excited to get in, and, and he sees this lady there, and he starts speaking in French. We, wee, blah, 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 blah. I don't know how you, I don't know how you speak French. Anyway, he starts talking to her in French and she just looks at him and he talks a little bit more. She just looks at him and then he stops in English and he says, do you speak French? She said, no. <laughs> Total letdown, right? A couple of, couple of days later, we're walking along. It was very busy right on the southern edge of the Central Park and he starts laughing. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, the people behind us are speaking French and they're complaining about how high the prices are in New York City. I said, well, at least that translates against all languages, you know. But he loves to hear the language. Maybe he hears French. It reminds him of home. It reminds him of his growing up. It reminds him of his past and his history and his heritage. Now, listen, the language of Satan are his lies. He loves it when you lie. He loves to hear his mother tongue when you lie. And God hates it because he knows that lying leads to destruction. Lying leads to darkness. Truth leads to light. Truth leads to life. Think about it. It was the devil's lies that caused us to drift far from God to begin with, that brought sin into the world. And it's the devil's lies that keep you from walking with God and keep you from living the life that God has for you. So God hates lying. See, the devil's got a three-fold strategy when it comes to you and lying. Here it is, number one, he wants you to lie. He wants you to speak his native language. He loves it when you bend the truth. He loves you. Loves it when you spin it. He loves you when you skip over certain things. He loves that. And yes, it usually starts very, very small. It's just a little thing. Nobody really even knows it. Only you know it, and God knows it. But it starts off really, really small. It's like you're late to a meeting, and you come into the meeting, and and when you plop down, everybody's there kind of looking at you like, where have you been? And you go, man, the traffic was just a killer getting over here, but I'm glad I finally made it. You sit down. You know the truth is you weren't late because of the traffic. You were late because you were, you left late. But you use that, and when you do that, the devil loves it. Oh, he's speaking my language. She's speaking my language. And, and it's just like Russian dolls, you know, you have one lie, and then the other one to cover it is a little bit bigger, and the other one to cover it is a little bit bigger, and the other one to cover it is a little bit bigger. And pretty soon what happens is little lies turn into big lies. And if you can lie in the little things, you can lie in the big things. And he knows he's setting you up to, to speak lies to people around you. Second thing he wants you to do is not only lie to others, but to lie to yourself. You lie to other people enough, you'll start lying to yourself. you say, well, it's not, that, it's not that big a deal. It doesn't hurt anybody. I deserve this. I should have that. It's okay. I'm, I, I feel like I'm a victim. I, 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 they owe this to me. And you start justifying your sin. Did you know the Bible says that there are some people that deceive people so much that they themselves are deceived? In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, it says that evil people and imposters become worse, deceiving and being deceived. You can lie so much to other people that you start believing your own lies. And you begin to lose your, your compass of what is true and what is not true. And then ultimately what that leads to, lying to others, lying to yourself, and living ultimately a life that is a lie. You start living a double life. You're acting one way and then another way. You're, like, you're at church, man. You got your Bible. You're going, like, oh, God bless you, sister. Amen, brother. God bless you. It's all oh, so good to see you, you know. And, and, and you're putting on airs. Everything's great with you, but you know what was happening last Friday. You know what you were doing on Saturday. You know that all of a sudden becomes this big two, this two-faced kind of thing going on in your life. You're, you're not living an authentic, genuine Life that is the same. There's no integrity, right? You're two different people. I had a, I had a friend of mine that ran a, a very large, successful ministry overseas. I mean, he took care of a lot of poor, needy people. He did a lot of great work until he was caught in a prostitution ring in Houston. And then his sin was exposed. For years, he had been Living two lives, one way with these people, but secretly one way somewhere else. Listen, that could even be you. You can't even do that in your relationship with God. You can say, you know, I'm okay with God. And I believe in God, and I've got everybody thinking that I'm right with God, when you know that you're not right with God. In fact, the Bible says in 1 John it says, uh, 1 John 2, 4, the one who says, I have come to know him and yet does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Listen, when you tell lies, you end up living a life of, uh, of lies. You end up living a lie. That's just, the, that's just the progression that it takes. And you say, Craig, aren't you kind of overdoing it? No, I've seen too much of the carnage of people that started living little lies, lying to themselves, then lying, living a life of lies. If you tell lies, you end up living a lie. But then the rest of that statement is also true. But if you tell the truth, then you end up living in truth. If you tell the truth, you end up living in truth. And that really gets us back to Ephesians where uh, we started, okay? The Apostle Paul, again, is talking to these Christians and he talks about how to live in truth. And I wanna just point out two things here that you can make a note of. The first one is telling the truth starts with Jesus telling the truth starts with jesus our old life was characterized by lies by deceit by cover by by doing what we want and then trying to cover it up that's what your old life was like before you came to know jesus but look at verse 20 he says but that is not how you came to know christ listen you didn't come to know jesus by continually play acting or playing a part or deceiving or lying that's not now how you came to know christ Listen, in order for you to come to know Christ, you have to encounter truth. And that's why so many people don't want to come to know Christ, because I have to get honest. I have to get honest with who Jesus is, and I have to get honest with who I am. See, the Bible says that Jesus is truth. In John chapter 1, it says that he came, when he was born in Bethlehem, it says that he descended onto this earth and took on human form, that he came full of grace and what? truth full of grace and truth jesus said in john 14 i am the way the truth and the life see see jesus is truth he embodies truth he points us to truth he is truth in himself and in order to have a relationship with him you have to encounter him as truth you have to step into the light of who jesus is and to the light of who you are in fact, really, to, go, to know Jesus really means you have to come to truth with who you are yourself. You have to come to the fact of this. And this is a harsh truth. This is a difficult truth. And this is what keeps us from really knowing Jesus. Is we have to tell the truth about ourselves. And the truth is that it's not just that we have a little lying problem. Or it's not just that we're, okay, we've got some room to grow over there. Or we need a few little tweaks here. Or we need a tune-up. We, we are desperately corrupt on the inside. We have sin in us, and the reason why we lie is because our hearts are far from God, that there is a more systemic problem to us, and that sin has invaded everything, and that's why I can tell that untruth, and it doesn't even bother me. I can tell that untruth, and it's, it's just rolled off my back, I can tell it, and it's just a pragmatic thing. Well, of course, everybody lies. Everybody says that. Everybody does that. That's the way we do business around here, and, and, and it doesn't even bother me when I speak the devil's language. The truth is that I have to realize that I cannot change myself. You know, you say, Craig, see, that's my problem. I I, I got an issue with saying that, you know, I'm a sinner. I'm not a sinner. I haven't done anything wrong. Well, 1 John 1, 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. The first thing we have to, the first truth we have to acknowledge is I don't have truth in me. I I am a flawed person. I am a sinful person in desperate need of God's grace. And I can't get myself out of this. I can't work myself. I can't just try to be hard, try to be better. Listen, the gospel is not that you can just try harder to not lie as much. The gospel is I messed up to the core. I cannot change myself. And I need Christ to come and change me on the inside. See, that's the essence of the gospel. And, the, and if, I want to, if I want to get to truth-telling, I have to get to Jesus. See, truth-telling starts with Jesus. And if I will admit that, if I will acknowledge that, hey, I, I have sinful heart and I'm wayward and, I, and I, I'm not living the way I should and I've violated God's principles and I'm in desperate need of God's grace. Listen, then 1 John 1, 9 comes into play and it says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. See, in the moment of your confession, God will bring grace. In the moment of your admission, God will bring Forgiveness the moment you utter those words, God, I need help. I can't change who I am on the inside. He is quick and ready to even now pour out grace in your life and change you on the inside. But it starts with your confession. I want to get to truth telling. It starts with getting to Jesus. But once I have encountered Jesus, and, and, and by the way, maybe you haven't, maybe you haven't encountered Christ yet, and this is really the issue for you. The issue for you is you're trying to be moral, you're trying to be religious, you're trying to be better, but, but you can't. It is, a, it is a faulty pursuit. You're probably pretty much the way you were two years ago, all right? <laughs> if you're on the moral track, right? All of us think we're going to lose weight. We're going to exercise more. We're going we're to we're do better on our spending. We're going to do all these kinds of things. And then we end up falling right back in our own pattern. This is the way we are. And the only way we get real substantial change is encountering Jesus Christ. And he does it. He does it. He changes you profoundly. And maybe today that's where you need to start. And I need to start with my relationship with God before I can ever change the way I talk. But once I do have an encounter with Christ, then the second thing that I need to do to, put, uh, to change, uh, to move toward truth-telling is this. Truth-telling requires choosing to live in truth every day. Choosing to live in truth every day. Look at verse 22, just right back to the passage here. All right, verse 22. He says, take off your former way of life. The old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self. Now I want you to circle the words take off and put on. These are commands. They're commands. And so what he's saying is, listen, once you've come to encounter Jesus and he is changing you on the inside, then you need to participate with that by doing something. You need to take off some things and you need to put on some things. That's intentional, right? I'm choosing to do that. Like when you go to the gym, right? And you're all sweaty and nasty and gross and you come home and you try to hug your wife and she goes, "Ooh, get away from me, right? She goes, you're gonna have to change your clothes first. right, that's nasty. Right. I need to take that off, and I need to put on something clean and new. Well, we need to learn to take off some of our old patterns and habits that we used to live before we came to Christ. Many of those that we've done a long time, those are almost second nature to us now. We need to take them off, and that includes lying. And we need to put on some new things. That includes truth-telling. That means that I intentionally say, i'm no longer gonna listen to satan's lies anymore i see i think a lot of times i think a lot of times we lie because we hear satan's lies i think a lot of times we lie because here's what's going on in our head if you tell the truth if you're really honest with those church people they'll turn on you if they knew what you've done if they knew that you were struggling with uh with an affair or same-sex attraction, if they knew that uh, you had an abortion when you were 16, if they knew that, that you still struggle with pot, if they knew that, that you, you, had, you did this or you did that, if they knew what kind of person you really were, that they would never accept you, so you better just suck it up and you better pretend that everything's okay and whatever you do, do not be honest. See, so we hear that, or we hear you're never good enough, or, or this is just a phase, or you're not going to really make it, or you're not really forgiven, or nothing's really going to change. You hear all these lies of Satan buzzing around your head, and at some point we have to say no to that, and we say, you know what, this book right here is God's word, amen? Do you agree with that? And I'm going to quote it, and I'm going to say, no, this book tells me I'm forgiven. This book tells, just like we sang, I am a child of God. I have been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am a new person in Christ. I am no longer bound by the things of the past, either my own past, my own choices, or the fears of the future. I'm no longer bound by that. I belong to Jesus Christ. That is who I am. And listen, when you begin to tell truths like that, Satan cannot stand it. He cannot stand That is how you do spiritual warfare, folks. You plant your cleats in the ground, and you pull out your sword, which is the word of God, and you declare it. And for some of you, yeah, Christ has come into you, but you're not really living in truth because you're listening to the lies of the enemy. You gotta stand against that. But now you have to stand against the lies of you, you gotta just stop lying. <laughs> okay, this comes out of real practical things, right? I gotta choose to tell the truth. I gotta choose to take a risk to be honest, a risk to be genuine. A risk to be authentic, to be honest with my failures, to be honest with my past, to be honest with my shortcomings, and to say, you know what? I'm not perfect, but by God's grace, I am what I am. That's what the Apostle Paul said. By the grace of God, I am what I am. In fact, as Paul went along, he became more and more genuine. When he gets to the end of his life, he says, I'm the chief of sinners. If anybody's bad, I'm like 10 times worse. He was quite open with his failures and open with his weaknesses and open with his sins because he knew that God's grace abounded more and more. That's why we need a church. This is why, why I'm always encouraging you to get into a group, right, and to get into community because it's in community that we have people that will hear us confess what is honest and true and will help us and pray for us. And I can tell you, and I'm not going to get into specifics right now, but I can tell you of multiple occasions in our church where somebody said, I went into my group and I thought if I ever tell them what I'm really dealing with, then they would never accept me. And to only be shocked when they finally confessed what they were dealing with, that people poured around them and put their hands on them and loved them and accepted them and helped them and prayed for them. And there was freedom. See, that's what Jesus said in John 8. He said, when you live a life like that, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Set you free. Free, it's exhausting to carry around pretense, isn't it? It's exhausting to try to, okay, am I gonna, who do I have to be to to fit in? What chameleon color do I need to morph into to be with this? It's exhausting when you can just be who you are saved by the grace of God, walking in truth, being authentic and real. What the world's looking for are not perfect people. What they're looking for is followers of Jesus who are real, who are honest, and who speak the truth and live in truth. Is that you? See, what we've just learned today is this. If you tell lies, you will end up living a lie. But if you tell the truth and come to the truth, you'll end up living a truth. And that's all because of Jesus. Because Jesus came to this earth for liars like you and me. For people as flawed and messed up as you and me. That he came to this earth, that he went to a cross, and on that cross all of our sin was placed on the back of Jesus. And that when he died, he died in your place for your sin he was buried on the third day he rose again from the dead and he says i can do the change in you that you cannot do i can make you new on the inside i can change you on the inside if you'll come to me